0: Thank you for listening to this podcast one production available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: It's that Leo chico pit bull, Mister Three Hundred Five, but I said Mister Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here, at Negative to Positive, is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. (laughs) Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So
2: pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. hello hello today on this monday movie talk we're recapping the box office also talking about the brand new mulan trailer and then on top of that the san diego comic-con 2019 schedule is here there is a lot to know about this schedule but in particular because this is collider movie talk we are focusing on all the must see movie panels and it is a special day because the one and only john roca is here thank you so much <laughs> i feel I'm loving that red you, cup life. I always give you a crap introduction you because you're always paired with a great guest. And I'm just so used to being graced with your presence on a Monday. So Roca, as always, is holding down the fort on a Monday. But Mr. Mark Ellis. Hello. Good, welcome, good to be back. Thank welcome you. back. Happy belated birthday. I Thank hope you had all the Coors Light in the world. <laughs> I, a, I got close extent. to all the Coors
0: Light in the world. Thanks to all the birthday wishes. Everybody had a nice little celebration yesterday. I am now one year older than our own door. Park, so <laughs> good, to, good to outpace him.
2: All yeah. right, guys, we got a lot to run through today, and we had so much that we're just going to do a brief box office recap up top here. Just a reminder, these are the three-day numbers. Certain movies were in the theaters for the extended weekend, but three-day numbers. Topping the charts, we had Spider-Man Far From Home, which made $92.6 million. Then coming in at number two was Toy Story 4 with $33.9 million. Yesterday took the three spot with $10.1 million. Roke is all happy about that. Yeah. Four went to Annabelle Comes Home, which held on better than I thought it would. Very good for that one. $9.5 million. And finally, still Aladdin in the top five with $7.5 million. Yay for holiday weekend monies. Okay, let's move on to our next topic. We are talking about the Mulan trailer. It dropped over the weekend, and it is the very first uh, look that we're getting at this new film. Yet another Disney live-action adaptation. So you guys catch this. What did you think?
0: I caught it, Roca. Yep. I caught it. And look, I said this two years ago, Ooh. and I said it a year ago, and after watching this show, I'm going to say it again. I think that this movie has the chance to be the highest grossing film in the history of box office worldwide, because this is a global <laughs> event movie. Yeah, it yeah. can make a lot of money. It might do what Avatar Avengers Endgame is doing. I think it's got that kind of backing behind it. Most mm-hmm. expensive live action movie Disney's ever attempted. And the first returns, for me anyway... I thought it looked cool. A lot of action. I like the action. Having the
2: worldwide box office in mind is a very good point. I I still think you might be reaching with this one a little bit. I did Beauty and the
0: Beast, and I got damn close to $200 million that
2: movie. That's fair. You're never going to let me forget it, and I won't, (laughs) because you made a good call on that one. I thought this looked great. I'm so excited to see where they started with this. This thing is beautiful. The cinematography at the very beginning is what struck me the most. But then when they start to get into the meat of the story and you have that voiceover talking about how they're going to set Mulan up with someone else and it starts to play while we see her fight. Hmm. What, I mean, what a better, what, is there any other better way to sell what this story is than to have that kind of pairing right there? Because yeah. that to me was chill inducing.
3: Yeah, I loved it. I loved it to pieces. But you ask if there's any other way certainly there's people on the internet complaining about not having the songs or not having Mushu the Dragon, but this is a live action interpretation that's different. It's a more serious tone, which I think is the right way to take on this. You know, when Mulan came out, what, in 98? This was just 20, over 20 years ago. The idea of female empowerment and having someone in charge, like do this and hide as a man and then come out as a, this was a concept that was revolutionary back then. Now, over the last few years, we've seen women take center stage in a lot of these franchises, a lot of these properties. So You don't want to go back and tell a story that's 20 years old. You want to tell one that fits topically now. And I think this is the right approach for this version of Mulan. I loved that. We didn't get goofiness. We didn't get dumb jokes. We got a straightforward situation where a young girl is in this regimented society, finds needs a new way to break out. And I love that they use the lines that they're using to pitch her as a wife to pitch her as a warrior. Uh, And that's great.
0: I think that this movie, uh, look, I'm coming at this. Even back when I used to know the movie news every day, Mm. I was was a pretty dumb guy. And now I come at it from a totally ignorant point of view because I have never seen the 1998 Mulan, which is shocking because I'm a huge Eddie Murphy fan. So I need to check that out just for my own personal uh, enjoyment. But I think that the problem you're going to run into with this movie potentially is if they ditch the Disney source material too far and it becomes a different movie because you do need to do that with live action. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good choice to not have them singing songs in the film. But if you depart too much from what fans know, they might rebel in the same way that we've seen comic book fans rebel against movies that don't treat the source material with the proper respect. It
2: is a fascinating predicament to be in Mm -hmm. just because we've seen a little bit of everything, beginning with Maleficent, which went the prequel route. And then, of course, we have we have The Lion King coming out soon that we're going to see really soon. And that one, I, for one, have been praising that one because The Lion King is my favorite Disney classic animated movie and based on what we've seen so far that almost looks like a shot for shot remake and it's thrilling me but at the same time as somebody who appreciates creative approaches to adapting material to screen or Mm. however else you're going to change it I do understand you need to You know, you got to change it up a little. There's only so many times you can rinse, wash, repeat the same story the same exact way. I wonder
0: if Disney is doing that on purpose. I wonder if they just looked at their slate uh, a couple years ago and said, "Okay, we're going to do The Lion King the exact same way Mm. that, you know, The Lion King. And then when fans have that predictable backlash of it was just the same movie, just with CGI animals. Now we're going to give you Mulan. It's going to be a totally different movie. No dragon in this one, kiddies.
2: Well, that could that could be a suiting thing Mm -hmm. to have a little variety in the slate, you know, have a little something. That you know hits the the right place to evoke all that nostalgia, and then when you have certain stories that do need a little bit of an update and maybe a fresh tone to it, mm-hmm. then do something a little different. And also, let's not forget this was a first trailer, this was a teaser trailer. There could be yeah. things that are more reminiscent of the original movie that we just haven't
3: seen yet. Well, we've seen reports that they've removed a couple of characters, changed some of the stories. The songs um, are going to be instrumentals and not sung, mm-hmm. so you're going to have and. There is no dragon, and that's okay with me. You know what? The dragon lives still in the '98 version. There's nothing wrong with that. You, you know, they're not extricating the dragon. Oh,
0: thank goodness he doesn't eat it at the end of that movie. <laughs>
3: he, well, he I don't. Know. I don't want to ruin it for you, Mark. You to watch it, but yeah. But, but, <laughs> Give me another week.
2: <laughs> we, we need you to watch the original Mulan and okay. then come back and review mm-hmm. it on the show. I,
0: I'd be happy to do that because even if the dragon did, everybody in Mulan could eat it in the 1998 one. It's not going to do what. I uh, in predicting the Lion King does to me tomorrow when I see oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah, you'll be a mess. I'm going to excuse myself to the rest area when I smell that scene coming.
3: I'm just curious to see how this movie will do, getting back to Mulan, will do in China, because the animated version did not do well in China, and I wonder if maybe Disney had some maybe informal conversations about what works, what doesn't, because I was going back and reading an article from 1998, even Jack Valenti flew to China uh, uh, to talk to the Chinese government officials about smoothing the path for Mulan to be shown there, but it still didn't do that well because of the Kundun controversy that was happening around Disney, them doing a film on the Dalai Lama. So okay, this is all removed. Have they removed the songs? Have they removed this all to make it more palatable for the Chinese market? I don't
0: don't know that this movie, that the animated one was made for a global audience. You know, I I don't don't know that Disney had that in mind in the way that they have it in mind now, because you Mm. see studios that purposely make movies and they don't even care what they do here because they know that there's a global marketplace for it. So I think that they're looking at this maybe along the lines of a Transformers and just hopefully Mm. it's a lot better. Sorry. Certainly cast
3: specifically. Correct. Not, uh, you know, uh, uh, facially as opposed to uh, uh, voiceover voice, which wasn't, you know, because, you know, Eddie's not. My mind is Chinese just blown
2: that we've ended this conversation in a place where you just compared Mulan to Transformers. Yeah, <laughs> bad, Sorry. I can live with that. All right. Before we get on to our conversation where we break down every single movie that's having a big panel at San Diego Comic-Con, we have to tell you about some very special panels. So first up. Cobra Kai. Yes, I know this is a movie show and that is a TV show, but it is really exciting because I'm going to be hosting the Cobra Kai (laughs) panel in freaking Ballroom 20 on Thursday the 18th at 4.45 p.m. So I hope you guys are in the audience and you check it out. I still can't believe that's a real thing that's happening. (laughs) That That is so, so weird to me. It's just I'll never forget my first time stepping into both Hall H and Ballroom 20 and thinking like, that's like that is the, the peak of the, the top of Comic Con living, mm. I don't know. It's just like so weird that I'm going to get to stand on that stage and look at people and probably schwitz and, and panic. But then it will be fine. I promise, Cobra Kai people, it, it. it will be fine. Gonna come back. She's going to be in an
0: ivory tower. <laughs> She's not going to look us in the oh, eye. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know.
2: the other thing is, after that panel goes over so so well, you know what I have to do? I've got to celebrate with a couple drinks and some laughs. Hey! guess what's happening that hey! night?
0: That's right. Yeah, I'm doing a stand up at American Comedy Company in the Gaslamp District. Right there near the convention center two shows seven thirty and nine thirty, and get tickets at mark dot com. it says special guests there's a lot of special guests it's a great lineup some super special guests are going to pop in there too so grab your tickets right now they're dirt cheap and perry while we're on air i just wanted to quickly ask somebody who could be on the 9 30 lineup mm. if you'd Uh-oh. like to do a set you did a set last year on my show, um, we got room for you. You got you got five minutes. You can
3: dust off. I, I think I might have five minutes. So I can dust off because I've got a wedding that weekend, so it won't be at Comic Con. But I might find my way down to San Diego for that for the nine thirty show. I think I can give you five to ten minutes.
0: That's pretty exciting, Perry, because you know when Roka says he's dusting off five minutes, that means he's doing 11 on stage. <laughs> yeah, at least so. I
2: feel like I shouldn't eat anything before that uh, that's set there.
0: <laughs> that's a very good insight Smart.
2: I only have a sad transition to get from that to our next announcement, because that means you're not going to be there on Sunday I know. for... The Collider panel. We are having our own panel. It's in Hall H. Not Hall H, but it's in uh, the main convention center, upstairs, room 6DE, on Sunday, July 20th. I know for sure I'm going to be there. Coy's going to be there. Amy's going to be there. And then... Similar, we're taking a cue from Mark Ellis. We're going to say we have special guests. There will be additional, very special Collider guests there. So please come join us. We're going to have a great conversation. We're going to do a whole bunch of Q&A with you guys. So I hope you're in the room for that event. And now, oh my, so much to cover at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. All right. I'm going to run through the list first, but then you got to listen and pay attention to what I'm reading to you Mm. because then you have to pick what you're looking forward to most. You ready? All right. Wednesday night, Scare Diego. Okay, I feel
0: like I'm on a game show. I'm really nervous right now.
2: You better pick the right answer. <laughs> I'd much rather have I'm you read you stuff to me than
0: me read myself.
2: Thursday. <laughs> At 11 a.m., the Terminator Dark Fate trailer. Then back-to-back Friday morning, beginning at 10 a.m., we have writing Avengers Endgame with the writers of Endgame. And then after that, it is Steve Weintraub's panel, a conversation with the Russo brothers. Moving into Saturday, we have at 5.15 at the Horton Grand. That's where Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is going to be. That was the wrong time. Ooh. I'll figure out the right time in a minute because at 5.15 for real is the Marvel Studios panel in Hall H where, fingers crossed, we get all these great surprises about Phase 4. Mm. All right.
0: <laughs> Look, is this a fantasy I- draft? I'm <laughs> drafting Marvel. <laughs> I, say, I dare you
2: to pick anything else at this point. By the way, I believe the Scary Stories panel is actually at 4 o'clock. Ah.
0: And this I think the, Dark Fate it. might be at a different time than Friday I, at 10 a.m. No, I the, said Thursday. Okay, according Thursday to graphic, it said Friday, which it would be really interesting to see There's them no do the Dark way. Fate panel at the same time <laughs> they do the Russo I Brothers panel. I think we
2: have a copy Thursday piece problem <laughs> is, And the
0: reason why I bring up the Dark Fate panel is because I, I like a movie that we're excited about, but we're not really sure if this is going to be quality or it's going to be garbage. I like when those kind of movies kick off on a Thursday at Hall H because you feel like you're getting your reps in before the big panel on yeah. Saturday, afternoon, so I think Dark Fate could be really exciting. Like, if if Arnold shows up, if Linda Linda Hamilton's there, if Jim Cameron wants to come by, that could be a fun panel to be at. This
2: is a really big deal for them in particular. It's like, when I look at all the titles, I mean, sadly, you guys know how much I love Guillermo and Andre Overdahl, but I Mm -hmm. think Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark might be, like, a teeny bit screwed just because it is immediately before the most anticipated movie panel of the entire event in Marvel, but... I do think that Terminator Dark Fate, like, this is their opportunity. I don't want to necessarily compare it to Mad Max Fury Road, but, like, you know what I mean, where that movie, Mm. everyone's like, I don't know about this, and then they saw the footage at Comic-Con, and it was like, whoa, look at what they had cooking all along. This could be their moment for, that same moment for Terminator Dark Fate.
3: Yeah, I thoroughly agree. I mean, the idea of Schwarzenegger walking out onto a Hall H stage, no no matter how old that man is or whatever goes on in his world, people love. Him and so when he comes out, I guarantee the stage will explode. And I love that, and of course, Linda Hamilton as well. People love her in that uh, mythology and in that franchise. And I think it's gonna be great to see all these other great new actors who are involved in this come out and get a little bit of love from the Hall H panel. I mean, Perry talks about being hosting it in Ballroom 20, what it must be like to be a guest to walk out on that stage, see all those people cheering on for a movie you hope catches on with him and does well and kind of reboots the franchise. But yes, Marvel is a choice. I know it's movie talk, but I would throw in the Picard one as well. I'm Mm. crazy. I wish I could, because that's the one I'm really kicking myself. So Jean-Luc's
0: got new adventures, huh? In a winery,
3: so we'll see what happens. In a winery. I would actually
0: pay to get drunk with John luc Picard. <laughs> right. Look, the, the MCU panel is the reason why you go yeah. to Comic-Con on Saturday. But I think that the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark panel could be really cool. And that actually might be the one I end up attending Ooh. because of time commitments later for Understandable. the movie tribute down at 8.30, Fair which is, you can get tickets for.
2: Well, for if the special event that I went to for Scary Stories with Haley recently is any indication, they're going to bring footage and the footage is cool. And also another cool thing about mm. Scary Stories stories is the way that they describe it in the the official um, SDCC program is they call it an intimate masterclass, basically an intimate masterclass mm. in monster making with Andre Overdahl and Guillermo del Toro. So I imagine anyone in that audience is in for a treat, even if that means you can't make it to the Marvel panel. <laughs> but, you know, we're looking at this list. You brought up Picard. And of course, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about the Star Trek presence in the Hall H2. But yep. we look at this list and There's not all that much studio movie content on the lineup this year do you see that as a bummer and a sign for the future or are we just in you know a little bit of a lull and then it'll go back to the san diego comic-con we know and love next year
0: well what's interesting for me is that the sign of the future you would think would be marvel and the mcu stepping away from it because they have d23 where they right, can promote right, right. their stuff i thought that dc and warner brothers would be all over it this year because like at, like engaged mm-hmm. in hall age because they have so many variety of movies coming out you have everything from Joker to Wonder Woman 1984 next summer, and it's like, why wouldn't you come to Comic-Con and get people excited about that? that? That leaves a lot of question marks in my mind.
3: Especially on the heels of Shazam doing so well, uh, uh, Aquaman doing so well. You want to keep the fan base riled up and excited and looking forward for the stuff you're bringing. Sony, I also think, isn't doing the greatest to to skip it a little bit and not be there with their Spider-Verse stuff on the success of Venom. You know, Spider-Man Far From Home just came out. I know it's a Marvel thing, but it's a Sony character. So it's like you've got... Momentum you can build. Well,
2: here. even something like Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Bring, bring the three of them yeah. out on stage. I exactly. bet people, like, especially with how Twilight changed the game for movies at Comic Con, right. you would think that having Kristen Stewart there would be a big win for them, but you know, thinking less like a fan who absolutely adores San Diego Comic-Con and more, you know, from the business standpoint, I wonder if they're basically running the numbers and saying if we spend that much, how is it how much is it actually going to get us in the long run? Because Comic-Con is a very, very expensive event to attend, so I wonder if the smarter money-spending decision at this point is to, one, not attend at all, or put your focus on maybe your own event.
0: You know what has the chance to steal the entire weekend is what's Playing Wednesday night, yes. which is the Scare Diego mm. it Chapter Two. I love maybe, that event. Probably <laughs> not the whole movie. If they if they show the whole movie, they win Comic Con.
2: They, I mean the the first year that they were there, the, actually it was the first year that they did uh, Scare Diego at all. It was in uh, 2017 for it, and they made a whole lot of noise there. I think at the time we had only seen they showed maybe like two or three short clips, and then it was more about. I think they screened either Annabelle Creation or one of the new Conjuring movies, but mm. one way or the other, they have an epic ensemble attached to that cast. All they have to do is usher out the adult And the kids and people are going to go nuts. And those, you know, social media videos are going to circle, you know, circulate like crazy. And then hopefully they show a really iconic scene from Mm. the source material. I don't know if they're going to show this one, but I have my fingers crossed for the uh, the Chinese restaurant scene with the fortune cookies.
0: That sounds like somebody who read the book.
2: It's Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just hands down my favorite one of my favorite scenes in that book. And if they do that right. That could really win a lot of people over in an instant.
0: I saw the trailer, the, the teaser trailer with the uh, you know the naked old lady running around getting sure, cookies. Sure. and and it plays so well. I, I saw it in a theater for the first time last week. I was seeing Midsommar, and I was in there, and I'm watching it. And the earthquake went 50 minutes into the movie, so I haven't seen the mm. end of Midsommar. But uh, just watching that it Chapter Two trailer, everybody got really excited for that. And then I also saw a Collider review for a movie called The Lodge that looks awesome, and Alicia Silverstone's in it. Mm everything I want in a movie.
2: Did you really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they, oh, say, wow. they said Collider says it's really scary. I can't remember what the review was, Do but, you know but who Collider s- was mentioned. Said that. It was, it's, I love it's that really movie. Scary.
2: I saw it, at, I reviewed it out of uh, Sundance. And, and Collider then I,
0: says Dewey held his eyes shut.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if I could get that as a full quote on something, I would pull all the strings to make that happen. I'll give you that
0: if Disney gives me on the Mulan poster. Mark Ellis says this could be the next Transformers. Perfect. <laughs> I'm rusty.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to go for that. No. But, you know, one Dream.
0: I wouldn't do that either. So you
2: never saw the end of Midsummer?
0: No, I'm, I'm 15 minutes <laughs> in. I'm totally locked in, but everybody tells me that it just goes off the rails in the last hour and a half. So.
2: Mm. Okay. Uh, Roka, did you see Midsummer?
3: I did not see Midsummer. I unfortunately right. had another commitment that night, so I couldn't make this. Another wedding away. in Portland? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I'm going to force you guys to answer this question anyway. Sure. Jay Scott, for real, in the live chat is asking... Uh, would anyone want to see a sequel to Midsummer or a follow-up revealing it's set in the same world as Hereditary? <laughs> as someone who doesn't know the ending of the movie, I am genuinely curious to know what you think.
0: I want to see the sequel to the movie I got to see. <laughs> yeah. like, I want to see the last hour and a half of it. But I, I was starting to put pieces together watching it and thinking, from what I saw, that there is a way that you could tie this into Hereditary but I didn't necessarily need it to satisfy me in that movie. But if you did a sequel, I'd be on board for
2: it. I would believe that, you know, in other parts of the world, these stories take place in the same existence. But, mm. yeah, I, I doubt uh, that Ari Aster is the kind of director who's going to reveal another one where, like, secretly they crossed paths at one time or like something. Shyamalan but kind of thing? Yeah, something like that. I, but yeah, yeah. I just find it... Like, I don't really care what he makes next and if it has anything mm. to do with Midsummer or Hereditary. All I care about is that those two movies are so freaky in like completely different ways, and he shows such great range with those two movies visually, from a storytelling, mm. from a character development perspective that I know that whatever he touches next, he's gonna have a super disturbing spin on it, on it and it probably won't look anything like Hereditary or Midsummer.
3: You, uh, mid- you want to mid- go see it? Midwinter is what the sequel will be called. Mid- okay. I like that. You get it? I got there. Are you going to use there. that one during
2: your Comic-Con set? <laughs>
3: yeah, I am. That's going to be funny. Yeah, it's gonna, but I'm going to put some more around us, more context. It'll be funny. Yeah, I wouldn't open with uh, it, but it's, it's
0: nice meat in the middle you of your You know what? That's why you sandwich. try
3: them out early. So you get them right on the night. <laughs> no, but this is, I would be, you know, anything. I echo everything Perry said. Ari is absolutely like, just, he, theres it's what's so great about the horror genre now. There's so many interesting talents walking into it and incredibly new ways to approach horror that isn't the old tropes and that's fantastic to watch. You always Honestly. find
2: some way to praise horror and then throw it under the bus for me. <laughs> yeah, but slashers,
3: man. Can't do it. Everybody well, speaking
2: <laughs> of slashers, here's another question from Zeno Hour. We have to talk about this one because <laughs> this person is asking, will they talk about Samuel L. Jackson joining the cast of the Saw reboot? What is happening with this franchise? Mm. If you had, if years ago, or even let's say when Jigsaw came out, if you told me that one day we're going to get get a new uh, Saw installment with Chris Rock spearheading, I'd be like, you are crazy. That's never happened. Then would you ever imagine a Saw movie with Samuel L. Jackson in it? No, that's not possible. And look what we're getting right now. This yeah. is crazy. I don't know what to make of it. Like, I really can't even put the pieces together in a way that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: You had me at Chris Rock, and you're never going to lose me at Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. So I I know I admit I had not seen Mulan. You know what else I haven't seen? Oh! <gasps> Any of the saws, dude, not a one of them.
2: No, I, you're you're a genre fan. What, a, what have you been doing? I'm a
0: genre fan, Perry, but it's a big genre, Roka, yeah, and it is. I know that, that Saw tends towards the more like violent, look at how we can kill people, but, and I don't really like that as much as I like the more psychological terror oh, stuff of the witch in The Saw is Exorcist. a classic,
2: though. Yeah. Like, like, Jigsaw is a classic slasher, an iconic slasher at this point, and also, I do think, I mean, they're all obviously very gory. It goes mm. along with the premise, but I think they kind of kick that into high gear with all the sequels, but the original one is more of like a mind-you-know-what, more 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 so than it is about, like, look at all this gore. But, you know, it's very gory, too.
3: And Danny Glover's in that one, the original, right? And Carrie Elwes. Yes. So, like, you know... Who is Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson to be snooty about being part of a Saul movie? So, you know, if those gentlemen can be in it, they can be in it, damn it. Samuel I'm, Samuel will be in anything. He's in he was snakes on a plane. Where's he getting his nose high and mighty? It works. You no, know, no, he, he enjoys getting checked. Yeah, I like it. Nice to see uh, nice to
0: see Carrie in uh, Stranger Things Three. Yeah. I like that a lot.
3: I
2: quite I quite yeah. enjoyed yeah. Yeah. I'm the, four the entire in, season. So Mayor there. Klein. How far are you in?
0: Four episodes oh. in.
2: What what do you spend your days watching? Sports? Uh,
0: the he inside sleeps. of my eye. He sleeps a lot. <laughs> and it feels so good.
2: I got a list for you. This is this is not okay. <laughs> Send me the list. This is, all right. This is right. because
0: as soon as the Women's World Cup ended, I'm like, okay, now I have some free time before I really get locked back into sports when Hard Knocks training yeah. camp starts. So Rainers. this is the time to get me to watch movies, Perry. All
2: right, deal. And and I leave that on the table, too. If and when the time comes that you watch the animated Mulan movie, in. that's when you come back to set and we'll do a little mini review. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Sign me up. Where's the contract? I just
2: feel like I need to every single time you come on the show, just like put a pin in some future <laughs> appearance just so I can guarantee you'll come back to us. This is
0: Perry's version of Costanza leaving the hat back. Okay.
2: <laughs> Fingers crossed it works. That's the end of today's episode. Roca, as always, thank you thank for you. being here with me on a Monday. Ellis, thank you so much for being here. And again, happy belated birthday. Thank Hope you so you much. Thanks weekend. for all the birthday
0: wishes. And I got a lot <laughs> of fun stuff in the oven right now that I get to announce soon, hopefully by Comic-Con at the stand-up show. And uh, yeah, I tape the special i'm taping some other cool things right now just did another interview with comedy central that's going to be out there so a lot of other surprises coming soon so stay tuned to mark ellis live
2: i like the sound of that adam dorian thank you guys so much for all your hard work and to everybody out there watching the show thank you do you want another thank you like and share this episode and then tune in tomorrow 3 p.m pt live for a brand new one
1: All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick
2: up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out.